Good evening and welcome to the good news. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm Barbara Schreiner Trudell and I am filling in for Reverend Robert today. And I am so excited to be here with you. As always, good news is a good thing. And to start it off, let's take a look at a relationship that is blooming, shall we say. So this picture is of a couple that met like 40 years ago. And when they met, he thought he would impress her by showing her his beautiful garden. And so he put her up on his shoulders and ta-da, right beside this 12-foot sunflower. Like, how cool is that? But what's even cooler is the other photo. Now, they're from Guelph, Ontario, which is just a little bit south of where I live. And look at this. She is looking as good today as she did back then. And I wonder, is that the same swimsuit? I don't know. But what's really great is, especially during the pandemic, he got back to gardening and the two of them have been doing that together. And this beautiful sunflower just popped up recently. So it's a great way to celebrate the 40 years they've been together and also the beauty of gardening and eating healthy food. Because I guess she was a bit of a junk food junkie. Anybody can relate to that? And uh, he helped her to shift that. And obviously it worked. Take a look at that girl. Man, she looks fantastic. And I know she's uh, a little older than she was in that first shot. So this is really, really good. The beauty is they both love gardening now. And uh, this is a great image to share. So I'm really, really happy for the two of them. And what an exciting thing to be able to repeat that years later. And mother and daughter, like this is quite cool. The two of them are co-pilots with Southwestern Airlines. I mean, can you imagine being up there and having your daughter as your co-pilot? This is really exciting. So mom was passionate about it. She started off as a stewardess, ended up getting her pilot's license because she loved it so much. And, you know, she's a mom and all of a sudden one of her children decides, you know what? I'd like to be a pilot as well. So it's been a journey for the two of them to come to this place of being together in the cockpit. And it is, you know, the wonderful thing is how often do we see this? And not only is it beautiful story, mom and daughter, but what inroads are being made for women, right? Because this has been kind of a male-dominated field. I mean, not completely, but a little bit. And so here now we've got mother and daughter. We've got two women working side by side and really creating something that opens the doors, I think, for more and more women to look at what their choices are for careers and how they can really pursue their dreams, whatever they might be. See, there are no limitations. We can be as great as we want to be and we can do whatever it is we love to do. I just love that story. And moving along, let's take a look at these football players. Like, it is so awesome to see this beautiful little child handing a little teacup to the, one of the Green Bay Packers. Well, numerous of them. She handed it to everybody. It's a little empty cup. And you want some tea? And they were really great sports, which is lovely to see. And they would take the cup from her and take a little sip and hand it back and thank her for that. And she is go pack go like she's being this little cheerleader and you know i love that we're living in times where you know we're seeing stories that are less harmonious and less respectful and less fun 
And, you know, it's really nice to see a little bit of love, a little bit of kindness. Um, the little girl is dressed in her green and gold cheerleader outfit and Arya lifts her little empty cup up and they receive it. The little pink cups are decorated with a Disney princess and not a drop of liquid in them. So how fun is that? And the fact that they just went along with it, I really, really like that. You know, it's interesting how we can begin to bridge gaps and begin to create a new reality moving forward in our world by sharing good news stories and talking about what's really possible in the world today. We don't need to be fighting and arguing. We can be sipping tea out of empty little princess cups. I love that. I love that. And wow, here's a story that is a story for all stories. Seven-year-old little boy from Sacramento was the unlikely savior of a three-year-old toddler who would have certainly drowned without his help. Uh, last week, Messiah Brown went down to enjoy the pool at the apartment complex where he lives, and he noticed something out of the ordinary. I was just playing in the pool, and then I saw a boy at the bottom of the pool. Messiah, a second-grade student, told Good Morning America. And I went down to go get him. Swimming down into six feet of water, he grabbed the arm of the three-year-old toddler whose eyes and mouth were open and managed to pull him to the surface where a relative of Messiah's um, helped them both out onto solid ground. So adults who caught wind of what was happening had called 911 and raced down to help. And according to ABC, Savannah's mom, perform CPR on the child who was helped to breathe again by the same fire and rescue while we waited for them to arrive. So child was in critical condition, but thanks to little Messiah and sister Savannah, they were able to get this child out of the pool and most probably save their life and hopefully create some joy for the family. Such a scary thing as a parent to imagine your little child drowning at such a young age so uh or drowning at any age for that matter would be really a difficult one you're listening to the good news i'm barbara schreiner trudell and we're going to take a little commercial break and we'll be right back with more good news know what's better than little kids well puppy stories or dogs and this one's really really cute this young couple's getting married and they've got a surprise visitor a stray dog decides to join the wedding and uh, you know is having a little nap while the ceremony's going on just being present with what's happening. So Douglas and Tamaris were ready for their big day when they would commit to celebrating and living happily ever after together. But there was an extra little someone in the group and the blushing bride arrived at the church. She noticed this wedding crasher had come by, a stray blonde dog 
was mingling gently with the guests. And behaving well, just sat and watched from the doorway as the ceremony went on. And after it was all said and done, after they had kissed and said their vows and anchored this new reality, the beautiful couple made for the exit. And that's when the dog suddenly became excited. And he greeted them. And, you know, the bride said, you know, it was like he was saying, take me home, take me home. So they decided at that moment to make their happily, happily ever after fit for three, adopting and naming the scrawny pooch Brian Carmelo. Look at that. Is that beautiful or what? <laughs> so, you know, the dog had obviously had some tough times, you know, scars and, you know, was very skinny and, you know, needed some love. And they have got this beautiful animal. They said that he is just so loving. And despite everything he's been through, he's just really happy to be home. I mean, how sweet is that? I have a rescue myself. And I know that sometimes we just have to open our hearts and uh, step into something that allows for a greater experience of love and possibility to happen. So I just love that story so much. And here's another dog story. You know, as we age, you know, we might have our beautiful pets. And sometimes as we get older, caring for those pets or looking after them is a little harder to do. Well, this beautiful woman has found a way to keep dogs and seniors together. And she has an organization called Peace of Mind. Isn't that beautiful? Look at her. She's gorgeous. So a dog rescue program specialized to help the dogs of the elderly that has allowed hundreds of dogs to stay with their owners that could no longer physically take care of them. So she would take them out and walk them and this and that. And when the time comes that maybe the senior can no longer have them, maybe they go into a care facility, then at that point, she helps to get the dogs rescued out into another beautiful family home or, or elderly home, whatever the case may be. And she said the heart brain child of dog rescue work, Carrie Brooker, peace of mind was started when a woman with impaired movements had needed Brooker to walk her dog Savannah, but eventually was forced to part with the canine entirely. I said, I, I promise I will make sure that Savannah finds a good home. She was so relieved that I could make that promise to her. So, you know, Brooker did this really wonderful thing. And so she is now running this senior citizen dog walking service and foster program to make sure that these animals are cared for long after their families can no longer look after them. I mean, how beautiful is that? And Brooker says that elderly dogs, like elderly people, often get overlooked in society. She's working to change that and to provide a safety net for owners who want to make sure their best friends find a home after they're gone. Oh, don't you just love it? You know, when we, we look at our world today, sometimes we might think, oh, things are terrible, bad and awful. But you know what? There is so much good, so much love and so much beauty in our world. I think it'd be a good idea to turn off the bad news and spend more time watching the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. All right, so here's another great animal story. You know, we're hearing about endangered species and stuff, and of course, tigers are on that list. So in Nepal, tigers have come back from the brink of extinction with a 190% increase 
Wow. So July 29th was Global, Global Tiger Day, and Nepal had some roaring good news, reporting that their tiger population is 40% higher compared to data from just 2015. That's pretty good. In fact, Nepal has nearly tripled the number of tigers in the wild, according to the results of the Nat National Tiger and Prey Survey released last week. The historic 190% increase since 2009 is a result of the protection of key tiger habitats and corridors, partnership with local communities, and then cracking down on poaching and illegal wildlife trade. The Prime Minister said that what has been recorded is 355, uh, the national population of the tigers has been recorded at 355 during this, the year of the tiger. I didn't even know 2022 was the year of a tiger until I saw this. So here we are in the year of the tiger and we can celebrate the fact that tigers are moving back up the ranks and that we're not, you know, we're not in a position where all of a sudden they may cease to exist. So that is really great, great news. And here's another fun story. So there's this Hummingbird. You know, hummingbirds are a little tiny thing usually, but this one's a bit bigger. This is a rare singing hum hummingbird unexpectedly rediscovered in Colombia. And what's interesting is this is the first documented sighting in over 13 years. So this little bird hides well. <laughs> so it was um, rediscovered by scientists and it is only the third time that a sighting of the Santa Marta Sabruing had been documented since it was first described by science in 1946. Three times since 1946, can you imagine? So this rare bird is included on the list of the top 10 most wanted lost birds. And the recent sighting gives conservationists hope for the critically endangered species. An experienced local bird watcher in Colombia rediscovered the relatively large hummingbird, a species only found in the country Sierra Nevada to Santa Marta Mountains. So this, the last time a hummingbird had been documented was in 2010. And so this is, this is really exciting because when we look at our world and how it's transforming and we see species that are being, you know, uh, removed from the planet altogether over and over again for whatever reason, we're starting to see that maybe there could be a shift. And they said that the male hummingbird was instantly recognizable by its emerald green feathers, bright iridescent blue throat and curved black bill. The hummingbird was perched on a branch, vocalizing and singing, which scientists think is a behavior associated with defending territory and uh, courtship. But they didn't see any other hummingbirds. What's interesting is that the scientists are finding that these birds live at very high elevations and it was just wonderful to see them and you know there's hope that if this continues that maybe more and more of these birds will be found but also that conservation overall can become part of what we do that we start to pay attention to all the life on the planet realizing that all of it has value and all of it has 
as absolute uh, necessity that everything does something. And so ecologically, if we can begin to harmonize how we are in nature and how we treat it, we can begin to create something really beautiful moving forward. So I'm hoping that this is going to be the sign of more great things to come. And, and I wanted to share with you, because we're on that note, I wanted to share with you climate healers. Now, you know, we hear all kinds of news all the time about, you know, the, the climate and what's going on. And climate healers is focused on promoting a new story of human belonging in nature and a new phase of humanity as we evolve to a vegan world by 2026. So the picture that you're seeing right now is a picture of a little bathtub with a little baby in it. And what's interesting is this gentleman, Dr. Salesh Rowe, has created, he's a systems engineer. So he created this image to show us how we are heating up the planet and what we could do to cool it back down so that we could sustain our lives for a whole lot longer. And in this image that you're looking at, he's just showing a bathtub and it's got two faucets going into it. And so, you know, in your own home, you got a bathtub. If you leave both fast faucets running at top speed and you've blocked the drain, in time, it's going to overflow. So he has shared and, you know, go to climatehealers.org to get more information on this. But he has shared the importance of shutting off both faucets. So we have, you know, the carbon emissions that are going into the air and causing us problems. And then we've got the wildlife or the animals, everything that's being uh, destroyed so we can have more farming land, trees that, trees that are being cut down. And this is causing the heating up of the planet because trees do what? They absorb carbon. So if we want to create a beautiful healed world, what we want to do is make sure that we are getting the carbon out of the air so that we can breathe freely and also sustain what we've got. Now, I don't know if my producer has a shot of this, but he shares a story of a part of India where some people from New Jersey went to India and took down the fences and allowed wildlife to roam free. And they made sure that it was a sanctuary space that was safe. And what happened was the wildlife all came back and they came back quickly, but also all of the, the nature, all of the surroundings, like the animals, the birds, the, the grasses, the trees, everything flourished and did it in fairly quick order. So, Hey, we're one family, you know, we believe that there is one power, one thing, we're all a part of it. So maybe it's time we look at how we live in our world as well. So really interesting news from Climate Healers. And now another little advertising break. You're watching the good news on the New Thought Media Network. <laughs>
Welcome back to the good news on the New Thought Media Network. I'm Barbara Schreiner Trudell and I am your guest host today as Reverend, Reverend Robert is busy uh, doing all manner of wonderful things in our world. So our next story, we're getting into a little bit of health and wellness here. There is a transformational therapy that seems to be a cure for hemophilia. Well, would that be a good thing, eh? So this therapy is transforming lives of patients with hemophilia B. Now, hemophilia is mostly inherited. Uh, it is a genetic disorder that impairs the body's ability to make blood clots, which naturally slows bleeding. And so, as you can imagine, if you cut yourself and you can't form a blood clot, you could easily bleed to death. So this is a really important breakthrough. British doctors are giving patients a dead virus that's been re-engineered to produce a protein known as factor IX, which is the vital missing component in hemophiliacs. So without it, they're liable to bleed continuously from wounds, the most dangerous of which are internal injuries that can't be bandaged. So this means many children and adults alike are wrapped up in cotton wool, as the Brits say, for their whole lives, trying to keep them safe and protected so they don't ever hurt themselves because they could easily bleed to death. Uh, Elliot Mason was recently part of a trial group for the treatment, which he received as a one-off through a slow one-hour IV drip. It took his naturally made levels of factor IX from around 1% up to those of a non-hemophiliac. That's pretty good. Mason was one of 10 patients who received the treatment, nine of whom began producing their own factor IX such that no exogenous factor IX, I probably didn't say that right, injections, a common treatment were necessary. So, he goes on, Mason goes on to say, I've not had any treatment since I had my therapy. It's all a miracle, really. Well, it's science, but it feels quite miraculous to me, he says. Many questions about the future of the treatment, such as how much it will cost and at what age uh, it can be available, remain unanswered. But if they are shown to be safe and effective, the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence uh, may work together with other organizations to make this innovative treatment available to more and more people. So really, really beautiful, great news for people who are hemophiliacs. What a great, great story to change that for so many people. And this story I thought was just so cool, how 14-year-old Phila Farnsworth tinkering brought the moon landing to your living room. Hmm. This is a story I didn't know about. <laughs> so 14 year old wasn't looking up at the sky while plowing the field at his farmer's farm in Rigby, Idaho. He was looking down at the straight furrows that coursed across the earth. That's when he had an epiphany. The same way that a plow went back and forth over the field, an image could be scanned electronically and then transmitted line by line much like furrows in the field. It was a vision of the first transmittable TV image. Uh, Philo was curi a curious boy and was often lost in thought. And when he was 12 years old, he was delighted to find that the farmhouse his family moved into was wired with electricity. He also discovered other treasures in the house, a cache of electronics magazines, a burned out electric motor, and plenty of bits and pieces to tinker with. 
He fixed the motor and converted his mother's hand-powered washing machine into an electric-powered one. This is a cool kid. At 14, he showed his high school teacher a handful of sketches of an electronic television system inspired by the furrows in the field. Encouraged by his science teacher, Philo covered several blackboards with diagrams. After Philo's father died when he was in high school, the boy went back to work supporting his siblings and mother while keeping up his studies. He started a radio repair business, but it failed. You know, sometimes success comes by few failures, but that's a good thing. He briefly attended college, but his mind was on television. So he dropped out and began looking for somebody to fund his ideas. The opportunity came and he traveled to Berkeley, California with his new bride, Pam, to set up shop together. The TV tube Philo developed would become the standard in broadcasting. Yet Philo Farnsworth spent years defending his patent and rebuilding his business after an economic crash. Like all of us, he had his share of challenges, perhaps more, but he kept pushing forward and registered hundreds of patents. Finally, on July 21st, 1969, Neil Armstrong stepped out, on Apollo, out of Apollo 11 onto the moon's surface in an area called the Sea of Tranquility. Philip Farnsworth was, Farnsworth was sitting in his living room with his wife, Penn, watching the live feed. The image transmitting quickly, row by row, like the furrows in a field. He turned to her and said, Pim, this has made it all worthwhile. No matter what your dreams are, no matter what your epiphany, anything is possible. We just have to take the time to go, let me stick with it. Wow, what a great story. And our last story today is a very sweet story about young adults renting homes next door to retired adults and creating intergenerational benefits as a result. See, we live in a beautiful world. We just got to watch the right news. So let's, let's check out this good news on a regular. So the latest housing trend in America has nothing to do with decor or open concepts but rather the rise of intergenerational roommates. Described as separated by at least one generation, intergenerational roommate arrangements are growing in the US and intergenerational houses have quadrupled since 1971. So pick your explanation, growing isolation among the elderly or eternally raise, rising rents almost anywhere near a coastal city, average life expectancy increasing, an aging population, decreased birth rate, or rising tuition. The fa fact of the matter is that older folks have space available and tend to be happy to have a young person around. So in March 2021, there were 59.7 million U.S. residents who lived with multiple generations under one roof. It was perfect. Judith has become like my family, said Nadia Abdullah, a 25-year-old robotics student in Massachusetts, Massachusetts, who in 2019 moved in with the 64-year-old attorney. The arrangement of 700 a month plus help around the house has put her just six miles from Boston and 30 minutes from her robotics job in Beverly, Mass. So we're bringing people together. We're sharing what we can. 
And as we create these intergenerational connections, I think we begin to create a much more beautiful, loving, compassionate, kind, and glorious world, a world that I'm happy to live in. I'm so glad you tuned in tonight to the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. Do be sure to be back here next week when Reverend Robert will be back with more good news. Thank you for watching and have a most blessed day. Bye for now.